0: hi everybody it's john i just wanted to let you all know that the audio is a little bit distorted on this podcast um in between the last two episodes i moved some of our mixing equipment around and i didn't recheck the levels and that's why it sounds the way it does it's still listenable but uh, i just wanted to make you guys aware that we know about the problem and we will fix it by the next episode all right enjoy the show Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar-Schaller. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Rodman, the no. guy from the Bulls. Rod. He's North Korea. No, no, no. 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 It's Rodland.
1: Rodland. Yeah. Doesn't roll off the tongue like Rod. No. Is. It's funny. My girlfriend asked me, What are you guys doing this week? I said, I don't want to tell you. And she said, Why? I was like, Well, because the name is silly. She goes, What is it? I was like, Rodland. And she laughed. She goes, Oh, that sounds great what do you play? And I was like, well, you play a fairy. And she laughs some more. She goes, I'd like to be on your show. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> um, but before
0: we get into all the Rodland action, um, we got some feedback from uh, our friend, Mards Darrow Christensen on Facebook. And he said, uh, wonderful battle squadron episode, guys, always good to hear about excellent games that came out of Denmark as he's from Denmark as well. Uh, Talking about the Hugo game we were talking about last week. Yeah. He said, The Hugo game was created for a live TV show back in the day. The idea was that people would call the studio and then control the little troll called Hugo by pressing buttons on the phone. He said, If I recall correctly, you'd win the money you collected in the game. That's why the game may seem a bit simple when you're playing
1: at home. It is weird. And I'll tell you something else. When I was reading the interview with the guy that did that, uh, he said that they even had to rig up a way for people to play that game on the phone with a rotary phone. Wow. And so he said it was incredibly slow, but they did support rotary phones. I guess because that's like pulse
0: tone dialing. Yeah. So whatever number of pulses. (laughs) Which I thought that was pretty entertaining. Yeah. Just thought of that. I wonder if you could get in there with one of those uh, Steve Jobs phone freaking
1: boxes and really do a number on Hugo. That would be, that would be. (laughs) I can't imagine watching someone play that. It could be a lot of screaming at the TV. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, So we got some big news in the world of Amigos. All right, what do we got? Um, Thanks to our man on the street. Yeah, thanks to our man on the street, Dreamcatcher. Uh, He secured us (laughs) an exclusive interview with the Oliver Twins. Unbelievable. So, uh, as you probably already know, the Oliver Twins are... um, one of the marquee names in the bedroom programming scene of the nineteen eighties in England, uh, they're the creators of Dizzy and all of his marvelous adventures, among other titles as well. There's, I think they're still quite active. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, they're they're in an active development of a new game right
1: now that I'm sure we'll talk about. They're sort of um, the poster child for the bedroom programming craze of that you know that swept to the UK. There, mm-hmm. I am utterly baffled that we've. got... <laughs> managed to get these guys on the on the show and it's wow yeah I'm, I'm not going to lie it's a little intimidating yeah to, uh... so uh, look look forward to that uh, it's going to be coming up in a couple weeks
0: it's not going to be tomorrow uh, but um, we're really excited and we've got some really good questions that uh, we're, we're formulating if you have a question that you'd like to ask the Oliver Twins uh, write <laughs> us at uh, amigos at com or leave us a message on Facebook or Twitter because uh, we want to make sure that we ask these guys stuff that they haven't been asked a million times.
1: Yeah, and, and thankfully we've got some help uh, getting ready from our crack staff. Yeah, Will Williams <laughs> and Dreamcatcher, uh, Paul Kitching, all those guys. So. Yes, and thank to you guys too, because this is going to be pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, so, what news is there in the world of Amiga this week? Well, actually, you know what? Before you go on to the news, I want to bring up one more thing. Okay. So I bought this thing. I actually had one of these things, and if you're listening at home, let me describe to you what this thing is. It's a thing. Uh, this is a <laughs> VGA to composite or S-Video converter. So what you do is you plug your VGA in from a PC, and then it will come out either yellow or S-Video out, or you can even go VGA out again if you wanted to. I don't know how that would help you. Um, I had one of these things. Uh, Aaron had it, he brought it back to me. I, I, I immediately plugged it in. There's no, on the bottom of it, there was no voltage recommendation. Oh dear. So I just thought, hey, you know, I've got this transformer that fits it. It fits in the hole, it should probably work, right? So I plugged it in, smoke immediately poured from it. And that was the end of Mark One. $10 later on Amazon, This one came, this one does have a voltage thing on it and it's only five volts, so it's a big difference. Uh, This is a USB powered uh, device. So the idea behind this thing was, I'm running from the A500 out through the GBS 8200, which allows us to connect this to a VGA monitor without a scan doubler. Now I was like, well, if it's feeding out to the VGA monitor, why would it not feed out into this thing and out through composite? unfortunately it doesn't work Um, you either get uh, it basically gives you the same thing that you'd get if you weren't hooked up to the GBS 8200 it's like it ignores the GBS 8200 completely Uh, you can get a black and white stable image or you can get a jumpy 15 hertz color image coming through this is this to hook into
1: your upcoming
0: my upcoming my capture card and what
1: what inputs does a capture card have it's got s video and composite
0: doesn't have hdmi no no this is a this is a legacy model awesome yeah um, I, I, I bought it a couple years ago man it it <laughs> broke i got a hands hats off to elgato i bought this thing in 2011 i plugged it in just the other day and it stopped working and they're replacing it for free hmm. so uh Good on them. But, uh, so anyway, that won't work. We're still looking for a solution to get uh, video out directly from the Amiga 500 without having to tape the screen or record the screen. If you have any ideas um, that don't cost a million dollars like all Amiga hardware does. Or um, aren't the little annoying box from hell. Right. Um, let us know.
1: Let us know. We want to hear it. Okay. On no, to the news. What a pain that is. It is. I really... Could they not have just put one of these damn things in the... Yeah, cost cutting, man. That's what they were doing. We are. It's tough to be cheap and be an Amiga, uh, an owner. I mean, you
0: almost impossible. You know, unless you unless you get the gift from the gods, like you got, where somebody just showed up
1: at your doorstep with six Amigas. Yeah, yeah, it was very fortunate. That's for sure. I mean, it almost been cheaper for us to buy twelve hundred <laughs> somewhere in the line. And get After a little, all these things that we bought you know. for it. Um, another ton of news this week, but just a few things we're gonna we're gonna touch on here. Um. The uh, the but the guys over at Guru Meditation love these guys, and uh, they put up an awesome video, uh, Amy Party. I'm sure you've seen it if you went to the G uh, the Google Plus site. I put it up there. Now it's all over. It's, got a, it's a big. It's been a big hit on YouTube. It's got mm-hmm. a lot of hits. And basically, it's just a just the old feller going over to Poland and just getting crazy with the Amiga guys over there and girls. And uh, man, it looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, uh there's, um I
0: guess his wife is from Poland. Yeah,
1: that's why. Uh, yeah, which is
0: handy. Yeah, yeah. And so they flew over there, and he got to see his relatives. And yeah, they basically just <laughs> dropped
1: him off in this parking lot. That was great. <laughs> that was great. And really, he was instantly embraced. Yeah. And I'll tell you, what got me, what warmed the cockles of my heart, when the. The Polish guys rolled, rolled them in there, and they got the, they opened up the fridge, and they had the homemade vodka. Mm-hmm. They know not have to drink over there. Sort of Polish. brownish looking, yeah. you know. But man, you can imagine. But uh, those guys, well, i think what impressed me uh, was the, uh, the fact that these guys were designed their own hardware. You know, uh, it, is that this Poland where our uh, crazy? Yeah, that's where our yeah, that's where came our from. things came from. So heck, our, that guy could have been at the party. Yeah, up. You know, you know. Yeah, they had a big crowd there too. It at was the huge, party. Uh, and they had tons
0: and tons of Amigas, just row after row. All the big games, people were just facing off in sensible
1: soccer, and that would be so much fun. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, what we may have to do, we're not going to be able to get that kind of gathering of Amigas, but if we cobbled together every old obscure computer we could think of into one big crazy throwdown. We might be able to pull something off. Well, they've got the Vintage Computer Festival that's in Atlanta,
0: and last year we were invited to go. Constantly. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. And, uh, so, oh, thank you,
1: by the way. Yeah. For that.
0: So maybe this year, if we find out about it with enough time, maybe we can make a little journey down there.
1: I'm telling you, we need to start Hurricathon or something <laughs> out here and get every sucker, every weird old geese have his basement, with his various computer and we'll mm-hmm. put him in a big room yeah and we'll get Jared on tap you know <laughs> and we'll all it won't be like the polish party that's for sure no, but that looked no. great i like the fact that they had the demos up, uh, mm-hmm. two day event outstanding so it's a good video uh if you want to have a look at it check it out so it's on the, it's on the uh, google plus page um <clears throat> the just to briefly touch on it we mentioned the awesome uh helpful uh, 1200 help Aaron repair his 1200 uh, post that got put up uh, we actually haven't mentioned that Have I don't we mentioned it on the last show no no that's a new thing oh well remember last <laughs> uh, yeah you're right because that last time I said I was having yeah. trouble so gosh the uh, uh, I'm trying to think what the fellow's name was it stuck it up or do you remember on top of your head
0: no I'd have to look it up uh, that's you, terrible you cause...
1: remember last week well, I don't have I don't have my notes in front of me for that the, uh, just talking on. Remember last up. week, I mentioned that my my Amiga was phantomly clicking uh, on the screen, which drove me absolutely insane. Jason Warren. That's it. Yeah. Yes, yes. And uh, so, Jason, like, a, like an angel, an Amiga angel, comes down and just levels all kinds of information about what possibly could be wrong. Uh, I've been a busy daddy this week and have not got the crack into the old Amiga yet, but bob uh, because my uh, september and october are very busy months for me uh, but i'm hoping this week to crack into it and i will give you an update if i get it working but it was some really good helpful stuff and if you know anyone that's had any problems similar to this this is certainly a good launching point to uh, i mean jason did a lot of legwork with schematics and whatnot and it's some really good tips and i really appreciate it by the way uh the, the work you put in and uh, I'm hoping that it'll steer me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping it's nothing too serious. Right. You know, but uh, we'll see. Once I pop it open, we'll have a look. Um, I noticed over on our favorite uh, news site, Entry Indie uh, Retro News, uh, they had a uh, they had a post up about Catacombs <laughs> 3D and Keen Dreams, the old DOS games, coming over to the Amiga. I mm. remember playing those. Did you ever play any of the Commander Keen? Uh, no, I've heard a lot about them, but I've never played them. Commander, this is going to be kind of hard to explain if you're a, a, an old school media person. Back in the day, if you had a DOS computer, and you wanted to play some awesome happening games, you were pretty much screwed. I know a lot of people are not going to like me to say that, but it's true. You had EGA, and you had, uh, you were running out of DOS. It was, a, it was a real pain in the ass, I'll be honest with you, because I was there. And Commander Keen, and Catacombs 3D... I didn't have a whole lot of experience with it. think it's sort of like um, uh, Doom, Wolfenstein 3D. It's it's like, I think it's I think it was before, I think it was right after Wolfenstein or right before it. I can't remember. Was the original Wolfenstein an
0: EGA game? It couldn't have been, right? I think it was CGA, actually. Well, CGA is even before EGA. Yeah. CGA is like four color. Yeah, it was it was horrible. They were, they were,
1: I mean, but not
0: in the Wolfenstein 3D not wolfenstein oh,
1: sorry yeah yeah Wolfenstein 3d i think it was ega okay uh ega for those that you don't know i think it was like is that 16 colors uh, it wasn't great uh but anyway commander Keen. now commander Keen was i think they ran in both mm-hmm. and commander Keen, i remember playing in cga and it was about a little kid who it was a it was a platform game you'd run around and jump and and, and shoot and it was good it was cute it was pretty good it was pretty creative and they did a lot with what they had to work with mm-hmm but I mean, if you put it in the same—I mean, it's not the Adams family or something. like right. We're not in the same ballpark here. But if you're nostalgic for it, and of, of the old DOS games, this was one of the better ones, in my opinion. So anyway, it, I was—I think they're going to release Catacombs as a as a release, a paid release. I'm not. It seems like I read that today. I was like, huh. Uh, so I don't know what the status is. But if you want to if you want to have a look at these, check them out. I got them linked up. Um. <clears throat> was anything else here. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, if you are a fan of Amiga Format Magazine, uh, and who isn't, right? I used to read it myself. I had to have it. it was expensive. I had to have it brought over, just like we do now. With mm-hmm. Retro Gamer. <laughs> Poor America. We can't <laughs> get a decent, you know. Um, the guys over at Retro Hour are talking with the former editor uh, on the newest episode. Mm. I just saw this pop up. I haven't got to listen to it yet, uh, but... Uh, uh, those guys are always great, and so give that a listen. It uh, probably has some interesting tales. I would wager that was a pretty crazy magazine mm-hmm. to run. All those
0: magazines. Back it's amazing
1: then, yes. how many competing magazines there were. Yeah. You know, in that in that. Yeah, I mean, the
0: format, I think they were the ones that stuck it out all the way until like
1: two thousand one yeah, or they, something like that. It's funny because the only thing I can relate it to is <clears throat> is the Coco at the time. That's what I had, and the Coco had two magazines that i ever saw it had hot cocoa which was not that good and it had rainbow the big one the real thick one and and uh, that was it and and you, we were happy to, i was stunned we had that many to be honest with you and the pc i mean gaming wise you know because really those are sort of general magazines but they were sort of gamish you know mm-hmm. but they would have some but a lot of other stuff but i mean we didn't have any pure gaming um Cocoa mags, and I don't think we had... I mean, the only pure gaming PC mags, There were maybe, what, let's say, at any given moment, you'd have three, you know, that were pure PC. You had PC game, or you had computer games. Mm-hmm. And you had... Uh, there was a couple other ones that would come and go. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, it wasn't like... 20 or something like the amiga had all those games i
0: think the amiga had more magazines mm-hmm. devoted to it than any other any other gaming platform i wonder if the sinclair platform. or the amstrad had that well way. there's your sinclair and crash i think those were the two for the sinclair the c64 was zap 64 uh i'm sure there were other ones i back.
1: wonder if there were any multi there were, were there any magazines that covered yeah machines? there were video games and computer entertainment no, i mean in the that's not but that's an american oh you mean in it? the uk yeah Good question. Yeah. So, hey, enlighten us, guys. We don't know. Mm. Like I said, we <laughs> the Americas. It's funny how how did we have such a crappy little market for that stuff? I can't figure that out. I think it's just we had like compute, but compute was kind of lame. Yeah, I think the
0: consoles were just so much so more so much more popular. Now, I mean, every definitely in America, we had at least one magazine for every platform. Like Antic was the the Atari magazine. Um, but even consoles. analog was for Atari you know consoles think of all the
1: console magazines there weren't a ton of those B- well we had EGM right that was the big, big yeah EGM you hit their what was then, their opponent I can't remember the name of um, the other one
0: um, well video games computer entertainment um, there's for um,
1: you know then there was uh, Nintendo Power right. a magazine I think Sega probably I don't remember if Sega having one but they must have had they something they did
0: there was the PlayStation the official PlayStation magazine um, but a lot of these were just the mouthpieces. Right, of they weren't the like an
1: independent right. source.
0: Right, the UK. I mean, you gotta let's be honest. The UK have always been more more of a reading population than the United States. That's just the way that's the way it is. Makes us look bad, doesn't
1: it? It's so the facts. We're dumb. Sorry yeah, about we're that. Dumb. That's why we don't get good magazines, I guess. <laughs> and the ones I really like, they always go with, like, Next Gen. I used to read that. and mm-hmm. It didn't last that long. Yeah, that was a great magazine. You know, so we're lucky we get anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and now no one reads magazines, and I guess most people don't read at all. Yeah. That's I all know. I got news-wise, though. I don't think there's anything of any. I think it released a new uh, version of Win UAE since we talked mm-hmm. about the last version, which is a couple weeks ago. I have not gotten it yet, so I can't speak on that. Uh, but I think that's pretty much the long and
0: short of it. Yeah. On the site, aside from that great Jason Warren's article on the phantom mouse clicking, mm-hmm. uh, Dreamcatchers also published another uh, public domain games that may or may not have borrowed heavily. From I think he's commercial put two of those ups, Yeah. There's yeah. there's three all together. So um, those are great. yeah. Those <laughs> they're, they're I was looking at Robin
1: Hood one before we came over. <laughs> it, those are always those are always very good. Um, so that's what's been going on on the site this week. Um, oh, you might want to mention. Uh, did you mention your uh, Mac video? Oh yeah. So
0: I didn't put this up on the on the site, but if you check out our YouTube channel, um, I did a uh, Amigos Plays video of just Mac operating system Mac OS 6.0.8, which is the uh, the one that I'm using on the Mac Plus, uh, and just a little tour of the system, and then I play some Glider and. Man, there's nothing like the fun of swapping disks at least seven or eight <laughs> times just to get that game going.
1: Now does, with your new gimmick,
0: does you have to do that anymore? So now, one of the YouTube commenters helpfully pointed out that my floppy emulator also can emulate the HD20, which is the hard disk for the, for the Mac Plus. I just booted up into that, no more disk swapping. So does the Mac,
1: does um, everything on the Mac hard drive installable?
0: Yeah, well, so what, what it does is, <laughs> The, uh, the the machine thinks that you've got a hard disk connected to it. There's no hard disk in the Mac Plus itself. Right. So uh, as long as you boot the emulate the floppy emulator into hard drive mode and not single disk mode,
1: then everything shows up right away. But when you had a Mac back in the day, right? You know, on the Amiga, take WHD load out of it. Mm-hmm. Very few things were hard drive installable. Right. Was it like that on the no, Mac? the Mac was very light on
0: copy protection. Mm-hmm. Um, be, I, I think it's just because there were so few games for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mac also, I think it might have been, I don't know, I know that one of the things in the, on the YouTube comments for that video, they said that what you'd actually do is you'd take a blank disk, you'd put the system software on it, and your game, and that's it. And that would be your copy of the game. Huh. And so that way you wouldn't have to swap disks because the system software is on that disk too. But the Amiga obviously has more stuff. Like you don't have to boot Workbench to get to a game, but the Mac you do. I see. Yeah,
1: I see. Hmm. Um Yeah, if you're into the Mac, old school Mac. Yeah. You know, we'll occasionally uh, bounce to another computer just for just cause. You know, or it even, doesn't. It doesn't mean we're giving up on the Amiga, yeah. but you know we just. And I, like I was telling boat on the pre-show. I picked up a, uh, a Ever EverDrive cartridge for my Genesis, AKA Mega Drive, and I've got a 32x. And I was playing with it, and I think we're gonna do a few videos of games on the Genesis that have a common uh, that are have in common with the Amiga, just to kind of, just for fun, just to kind of see how it looks compared. Like this week, I had a quick look at the Battle Squadron since we just reviewed it. And so we might do that. You know, we'll probably branch out a little bit into some of these other. Yeah. I mean, we've got all these computers now. It's kind of neat to compare how they look mm-hmm. and and stuff. And then,
0: you know, the Amiga is a great starting point because you know the Amiga version is going to look the best nine times out of ten. Yeah. And but we'll check out some of the other ports just to yeah. see. Not that it makes me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> I've got
1: an Amiga. I've got to have this. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, so I think that that's that's all of the the site updates. We've Done the news. It's time to dive right into Rodland. Rodland, what a horrible
1: name for a game! Let's start with that. Um, as I mentioned earlier, this is a this is a name that will get you mocked and belittled. Um, I don't know if this is a direct translation, or I have no idea why it's called Rodland. Do you? No. Uh, well,
0: it's a <laughs> land, and you've got a rod, and you're hitting stuff with the rod. Valid point. Um, Rodland came out. Just a little background. Oh, and I also wonder if it's Rodland or Rodland. I don't know. It's like, you know how, like, back in the 30s, they used to say, it's the Batman. Like, when they said Batman.
1: Well, maybe this... I don't know. I don't know. I know this was the Japanese... Uh, it obviously was a Japanese game, so I'm guessing it was something that was just a translation. Mm. Maybe they thought this would... I just can't imagine someone saying, this'll sell. Yeah. You know. Um, anywho, uh, Rodland was a... Uh, it was released on the Amiga in 1991. It was based on the, uh, I guess you could say, hit arcade machine. Hits in quotation marks. Yeah, from uh, uh, Jallico. Oh yeah, Jaleco, uh, really? Yeah, Makers Jaleco. of bases loaded. Yeah, in fact, I've got a little list of what they did. I will City go over connection. City a... you're, Connection. Boy, you're very good. I'm a Jallico expert. Oh, wow, well, you've got the two, <laughs> two, two of the three or four that I highlighted. Uh, the, the coin-op came out in 90, so this is a pretty quick translation. Um, it came on one disc and it was published uh, worldwide by Storm aka the sales curve which we covered in right. a while back yep, yep. they had done uh, uh, Double Dragon 3 Final Blow Indie Heat and Sviv uh, and tr- Troddlers what a weird name that is strange it's very um, British this has two player simultaneous support which, and which we took advantage of earlier when we were playing it which we like Um it has, uh, it was developed by the sales curve. Uh, again, same guys that developed Silkworm, among other things. Um, <laughs> you'll recognize, like, it's funny, we just, it, now who'd have thought Rodlin would have a ton of stuff in common with Swiv and, and Silkworm. It's, it, it's kind of a But they, they share you know, sure. the, the uh, a coder and the, and the graphics guy. Uh, of course, we talk about Roblin so often, we'll probably be, yeah. yeah. Um, the coder was a guy, Oh, the excuse me, the, uh, the uh, one of the guys that did the art and coding. This was a guy named John Crowdy. Uh, he did Ninja Warrior Swiv and a game called Saint Dragon. Uh, one, the other coder, and this is sort of the main guy, I guess, is Ronald. Uh, I'm going to butcher his middle name. Piket was Eric. He did Swiv. He did Ninja Warrior. And the gra- the same guy that did the graphics on Swiv. Did the uh, graphics on this, which is uh, Ned Langman. He did, again, Double Dragon 3, Final Blow, Indie Heat, Judge Dread, uh, Swiv, and Saint Dragon. So, you see these same names that popped up from when we were talking about uh, silkworm Worm and Swiv. Um, this game came out on quite a few machines. I was surprised, actually, how many... Again, this is a game that must have been... I read that this game was very Eurocentric in its appeal. I don't, I've never seen one of these in arcade. No. And I hadn't not heard of it until it was pointed out by somebody one of the i think one of our listeners mentioned it the first time uh this thing came out in the amstrad uh it was out on the atari st uh, the c64 uh surprisingly it had a nintendo release although it was a pretty limited release i think it was like where did we say it? it was like netherlands it was it was a real odd release spain I was one of the places it was released um it, uh, this game on the Amiga shows up in a compilation called the Raving Mad compilation, which I Ooh. thought was a little odd. Um,
0: the, you know, they were—I know mean, we talked about this before—but they were huge on compilations <laughs> in Europe. You know, the—I the, wasn't big in the PC scene at this time. Did we get a lot of compilations over? Not there? like this,
1: and I'm guessing it's budget-based stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, it makes sense to take these games that are good. Put them together and sell them again. It yeah. just makes sense, especially if you miss them the first time. It's a perfect, or if you were pirate them the first time, you want to get the you know. Mm-hmm. It's not the worst idea. Uh, so let's talk about Jellico a little bit. I was going to go into a big. I like to go into the history of some of these people, but I was telling a boat before the show. Uh, Jellico has the most boring history you've <laughs> ever seen. Uh, it was founded October thirty uh, October third nineteen seventy four as the Japanese Leisure Company. Mm. So that's that's where they got the name. Um, They uh, released a a lot of coin-op stuff. They went through a a million weird name changes. They were uh, Jelco Limited, Jelco Holdings, back and forth, traded around. But it it looks like they finally fizzled, and whoever owned them gave up on them around 2008. Mm -hmm. So they were around quite a while. They did a lot of arcade games. Let's see. Uh, I've looked over the list here. I'm not going to read all these because they did so many, but the ones I saw that were the heavy hitters were Bases Loading. Yeah. And bases Loading 96, which that was a pretty popular game in the States. Uh, they also did, just like Boats said, they did City Connection. That was impressive, but You remembered that. That's one of my favorite games. Uh, they did Cisco Heat. I, I played that in the arcade. Uh, they did. Uh, they did something called Maniac Mansion disc system version. I don't know if that's the Maniac Mansion we're familiar with or some kind of arcade thing.
0: So it's probably the Maniac Mansion that came out on the Famicom disc system. Could be. It yeah, very well could be. They also did Naughty Boy. I don't know if you remember Naughty
1: Boy. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that was. It's Naughty Boy, the N H. They did a bunch of other... Here, they did Hammerlock Wrestling, which I don't know what that yeah, is. I think we need to play that. Yeah, and then a, you know a bunch of other crazy stuff. I mean, some of these names are... They in did. Quest. Yeah, they did. Ninja Taro, Night Caster Two. You know, <laughs> they did a bunch of stuff. Uh, it just I guess it's one of these crazy cutters. Just they threw things up against the wall so it stuck. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they didn't get a ton of hits. To be honest with you, i, mean, I well, you, Do
0: you know um, what? Did you play? Did you ever play Bases Loaded back in the day?
1: Uh, I have
0: played it, but it's been quite a while. Do you know what the defining characteristic of that game is? I don't. It's the only game that I know of. The only baseball game that I know of where you're positioned behind the pitcher when you throw the ball. So the view of looking out is just like watching it on TV where you're the camera's position behind the pitcher, you see him throw the ball. Oh, I
1: see it was one of the first ones that did that one. Yeah. That's a good I always liked that too. Um oh they also did (laughs) a personal favorite of mine, not the game, but the show, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. The NES uh, version of that. Yeah. I, I don't know if you ever played that, but I used to watch that show, and I, I really liked it back back in the day. So I'll occasionally have a look at it. Uh, do you want to kind of try to explain how you play Rodland for the people out there that haven't seen it played? So Rodland is a single-screen
0: um, platform arcade game, much in the vein of a game like Bubble Bobble yes. or uh, Mr. Dew's Castle. Um, you've got ladders that exists in the playing field, and you've got enemies that are walking back and forth across the platforms. They can also travel down the ladders. Um, And your job is to collect all of the little tokens that are on the board. Once you clear all the tokens. uh, Flowers. Yeah, in some levels it's flowers, and some levels it's bells. Um, And uh, once you do that, you go to the next level. You can also kill the enemies for points. Uh, And if you destroy all the enemies on a level, that's another way that you can end the level. Um, When you kill the enemies, you don't just shoot them. You basically take your rod out, you hit them, the enemy attaches to the rod and then you swing it back and forth over your head bashing the enemy against the ground until they disappear
1: or you can just kind of whack them once and they'll be stunned for a second if you've got multiple enemies coming on you can mm-hmm. just stun a couple
0: right and- there's also uh, power ups so if you defeat an enemy they'll leave a power up which could be a bomb or a missile or something and that usually clears uh, all the enemies super crazy shooting yeah. on the screen um, one of the neat things about the game that we just discovered when we were playing is that you can make your own ladders yeah so if you uh, hit the fire button when you're not near an enemy, um, or maybe you have to push up against yeah, the fire Yeah, push button. up or yeah. down. Yeah. Um, then you'll create your own ladder. And so that's very handy in escaping uh, You know, if you're in trouble. Um, there's kind of a variety of environments. Some are outdoors, some are indoors. The colors are spectacular. I mean, this thing looks like an arcade game. It probably looks closer to an arcade game than any other port that we've played so far. I mean, maybe maybe Rainbow Islands was close. This is impressive. But yeah, man. I think this looks better than Rainbow Islands.
1: Yeah, and having having watched the arcade game for a while, this, I mean, I saw screen by screen comparisons. I mean, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'll get into why it's like that later. In case you didn't mention it, when you play a, a, a fairy, the fairies are Tam and Ritt. Those are your fairies. <laughs> uh, uh, the R H I T T. R I T. Oh yeah, um, th- this game has a real kind of weird backstory. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> it's it's very strange. The, the, your quest is to rescue uh, their mother who is trapped in a tower. Uh, um, it's very strange there, and the, apparently sometimes your your departed father will guide you. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I, I, I guess we never got that. Yeah. Far. You know we mentioned that this was uh released on a bunch of different machines the uh like boat said you can create your own ladder to get up to move up and down at your leisure uh you can't jump uh, the on the NES version of this they made it so you could jump so it's a pretty big gameplay change and I've also uh, read a couple of places that they that they shrank the screen size down a little bit to have more play field room on the NES version interesting now i think the uh personally i like the uh large sh- sort of limited space you've got it's not a huge level uh it felt but i don't really it didn't feel like it was felt cramped mm-hmm. you know the the characters are beautifully drawn uh they are
0: they move quite well yeah the, the sprites are like you said that even though the sprites are big they're on the bigger side you never feel like you're you're running you, you, it feels spacious
1: yeah um the uh it's funny i was reading an interview with the uh, i think it was the artist and they, they were they were no not the artist prince and goo uh it was uh um uh, it was uh ned langman and he was saying they were asking him how he how they made the game and basically what happens is uh Jaleco sent him like all the art okay and they gave him a machine to put in the in the, in the lab or where they're working and uh what they would do is if you ever if you ever looked at um uh, uh, the art and like a, a main you can hit a button and maybe it will show you all the different sprites and whatnot these and they just gave him a pile of this art basically oh. like and he had to piece it all together and in the interview he talks about it and they asked him how did you uh how did you freeze the screen set to recreate the art and what he did he, I guess he just videotaped the game and we just put the, put the pcR in and just hit pause and just and draw ma- away make, and make and manually make the art so mm. I thought that was kind of that was kind of crazy yeah uh, <coughs> I noticed uh, um, the uh, um, they asked the the uh, programmer how much help does Jalico give you or any of these guys give you and literally, they give you zero health. They give you the uh, they give you the the uh, art. They give you the mach- use of the machine, and that's it. So everything in the game was strictly made by someone who sat down and played the game, and then recreated it. And it's amazing how close it is. I mean, again, if you look at still shots, it's almost perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, the original arcade game had a uh, uh, secret a secret in it where you could do a certain thing and unlock 32 levels. And the Amiga version doesn't have it. I don't know if the other versions have it or not. But the the uh, programmer said that he he didn't know that. And that's, I probably would've put it in maybe if he'd known. But he did say he'd seen a lot of extra art in there, and he had no idea what it was for, and now he knows that's what yeah. it was for. So the arcade machine, you, there's actually a way uh, you, could, uh, you could actually uh, play more levels of it. So the game does have a have a finite ending. They also asked him, um, is, you know, that there were three different versions. Do you guys know what the difference were? There's a 1.3, a 1.3s, 1. and 1.32. He had no idea what they were talking about. So mm-hmm. whatever those new versions are, Maybe no, it's no
0: hardware word. revisions or something like that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, uh, but um, this game, I know when I was playing it, and we we actually. Did we attempt to do an Amigos play or something So did we do an Amigos play some while back? It's like I know we've played this before. We, we we've never played this one before because we couldn't get it to emulate properly. That's what it was. The uh, I noticed playing this game that it reminded me a lot of Mr. Dude's Castle. Uh, it, I mean and when I say a lot, they really have no gameplay elements in common in terms of the way it feels, but the 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 element of the ladders, the fact that you can't jump. hmm uh, the fact that you're going around actually it does have a lot of place the elements involved. They, you're going around collecting stuff. Uh, that you're spelling extra, uh, mm-hmm. which is you know very universal like. Yeah. Uh, so it has you know, but I mean, I don't. I think it sets well with Mr. Deuce cast. I mean, I don't. You know, I think Rodlin might be better. I know you're a big fan of the dude. I had to give it more. I had to put more time in it. Mm-hmm. I
0: mean you have played so much Mr. Deuce yeah, Castle and, over the and, years.
1: Yeah, and and. But this is the kind of game I dig, honestly. And I can see why people were telling us to have a look at it, because it's bright, it's beautiful. it pop, The colors pop out of the screen. The characters are fun. They're, uh, it's not violent, it's not crazy, it's not frenetic, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, uh, It just goes at a good pace and it's just a good time. It's, uh, it look, it's one of those games that looks like, you know, easy to play, hard to master, that sort of thing. And right. it looks like if you really devoted some time to it, you could probably get good enough at it to go quite a distance. We didn't get that good at it. Uh, but uh, I really dug it, and uh, it'll be getting played a lot more. I'd say, like I mentioned the Boat, you know, you could put, you could have showed me this screen and said, this is from the arcade, and I would have I've been like, yeah, I can see it. I mean, it, like he says, I don't think there's an arcade game. There's that game, a ported game on Amiga that looks any better. No, in terms of, I don't you think know, so. From the arcade. Your thoughts?
0: I thought it was great um this is definitely in the top 10 games that we've we've done in the 60 episodes of this show. Wow. the show And the little amount of time that i've played it i can see myself coming back to this yeah uh over and over again
1: and the music's the music's nice mm-hmm. you know it's the, it's got it's got the perfect arcadey mm-hmm.
0: you know tone to it yeah i it's another one of those games where you just wonder where have you been all my life you know and it, i would have never we talked about this on the let's Play, like. If you if you were scrolling through a list of titles on Mame or emulator or whatever, Rodland that sounds dumb. Moving on. Yeah. You know, we never would have checked it out. I would have never played it. And you know, I like the added element with the
1: balloons.
0: Floating oh yeah, up. I didn't even think about you that. Know, that adds got, a adds a bubble bobble like feel to and it. And it's got
1: a it's what I like. It's got a puzzly. It's got a puzzly aspect to it, mm-hmm. but it's also action. Right. You know, you have to sort of kind of plan, but you don't have a whole lot of time to plan. Mm-hmm. So, you've got to uh, uh, sort of make those split decisions, like you know, jumping on a ledge where there's a guy hoping you can not land on mm-hmm. stuff. So not being able to jump. When you go off ladders or ledges, your guy's kind of floaty. That works. The floatiness works because that gives you enough time as you're floating down and trying to make yeah. something happen. Yeah. You know, So, I give it two thumbs up. Me I thought too. it was cool. Me too. So, good job, good job, listeners. <laughs> we were, <laughs> Thank you. it wasn't you. for you guys, we'd have never played this. <laughs> so, nice work. Uh what's this thing going for on eBay these days? Oh boy. Well there Of course this did not have a uh, an American release. Uh this was strictly something that was overseas. Uh so you can't get this in the US. I mean not you unless you have it imported. Um the uh and you and by the way, this is not a cheap game. Uh in the you can get the comp the going mad compilation version. I saw it going for about fifty bucks shipped U.S. dollars, you know. So, and a lot of them in the U.K. I found one original version of it in Spain selling, and it was this guy was fishing. I think one hundred and fifty bucks or so. I thought it were best offer, but then I looked, and uh, earlier this month, a a copy of the boxed version of this game sold for one hundred and thirty-four dollars. In the uk so you can get that kind of money on the flip side in august someone bought the box version for twenty dollars you just <laughs> so, never know so you're all over the map you might want to hold off on the 150 mm-hmm. until there might one it might be one that comes up but yeah. i mean i will say there were very few of them mm-hmm. uh the uh box art is goofy uh
0: and uh um, it remind you know what it reminds me of the style of the game from the screenshots versus the uh, versus the box art is a lot like Ladybug. If you think about the box oh, art, you yeah. <laughs> you
1: you're, you're a fan of Ladybug, aren't you? I am. I like yeah, Ladybug. I really lot. Uh, so good luck if you if you pick one up. You know, hold on to it and then sell it in a few months. Maybe you'll get lucky. Yeah. Um, so uh,
0: before we go, uh, I just want to remind everybody that you can find us on Twitter. At Amigos Podcast, you can find us on Google+. Plus. There's a link to that on AmigosPodcast.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Um, if you want to write to us, you can contact us through any of those means, or just
1: Amigos at AmigosPodcast.com. And I'm working on I'm working on signing us up on this wacky thing. Have you heard of a thing called satchel? No. Satchel is this. I just found out about it. it's this nutty sort of uh podcast service thing that what you can do is look at all the podcasts in certain regions like i looked at every podcast i had for west virginia for wow example. guess how many they had five they had one and it wasn't us oh well we need to get on that yeah so and it, and it kind of breaks it down it kind of dumb guys your podcast listen we'll probably be on there too if it's not a scam i'll let you know my dad's listening to the podcast now oh Hello, I'm yeah. sorry.
0: <laughs> so he's like, because I was like, I got a new computer, and he's like, the Spectrum. I was like, so it's odd. That odd. would be I'm strange, wouldn't it? Yeah.
1: I'm I'm afraid that people listen to it. And yeah.
0: So, but um, <laughs> we'd like to thank our Patreon sponsors. Uh, we got Rob O'Hara, Paul right. Harrington, Laurent Giroux, Jonas Rollo, uh, and Jonas. I hope you're having better luck finding that Amiga. Uh, Kjolbjorn Barman, Tapes from the Crypt, Adam Bradley, Chris Fultz, Will Williams, Intrepid Videographer, mm. Daniel Bingston, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Norway's Own.
1: Yeah, you know, I added O'Brien's to my uh, to my Facebook, or my Twitter, and they have all kinds of crazy stuff. Oh, I don't know yeah. what they're saying. But, man, I see weird stuff come over that Lots of awesome Norwegian stuff. Oh, man.
0: Chad Halstead and the incomparable Brent Dowdy. Oh, he's comparable. (laughs) Trust me. So, Aaron, next week, I think it's time to
1: go back to the track. We're going to do Lotus 3. Okay. The gauntlet's thrown on that, then. Yeah, yeah. Weren't we bad-mouthing that last week? We we were.
0: So, it's time to see if it's really as bad as we think it is. I'm
1: going to clean the slate. All right, I'm going to go into it with an open mind, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm going because some people dig the three, yeah. And honestly, I didn't like it the first couple of times I played it, and I never went back. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm I could be a shallow jerk, I'm going to go in there with an open mind, and I'm going to give it another shot. What's
0: your opinion of when they take a movie title and they replace the E in it with a three for the
1: third part? It's low, mm. it's a low opinion of that, <laughs> you know. It's not good. I'm not surprised. Like, can you name a movie that did that? I was thinking about
0: Driver. That's right? exactly what I was thinking.
1: <laughs> That's exactly it's, what I was thinking. It's a thinking. video game, but I'm sure they've done it with a
0: movie before, too.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Great minds. Uh, and the inverse. <sighs> you want to talk about anything else? Let's. Yeah, I got to moth the man. Let's get this thing done. All right. Come to Mothman
0: tomorrow in Point Pleasant. Until next time, okay. adios.